0: And we're live now. What's going on, everyone? And I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 195. Always a great place on a Sunday night just to kick back with a cold one and listen to some Xbox talk and more from around the game industry. This is your host, Invader, and I've got to say I'm really excited to get into tonight's show. Joining us tonight is a very special guest. We have Luis Antonio, the game director for his recently released Thriller 12 Minutes. Everyone in the chat, please give him a warm welcome. Luis, thank you for joining us. How are you doing?
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, Very glad to be able to finally talk about the game and and have everyone playing it. Uh, It's been a labor of love and it's... It's cool that it's finally out and having a chance to chat with people that, you know, have delayed it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, certainly. <laughs> well, uh, no, yeah, we've uh, all of us on the panel have gotten a chance to play it. Uh, we certainly have our thoughts and we cannot wait to discuss this title with you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, we're very excited. But first, let me introduce uh, the TXR panel members, uh, starting with Tim Dog. Tim, what's up, buddy?
2: how you doing very uh, happy to have this guest and uh big fan of the game and it's gonna be a great show um happy to be here at this late time thanks for everyone for showing and uh just looking forward to the uh show and the interview
0: Mm -hmm. well said brother uh eric shockley buddy how you doing man Uh, are you all moved in over there now
3: yeah we're getting there it's, uh, move my movers come, uh, Wednesday, so that's when all the big stuff will be moved over, but, uh, so far just getting the little things over, but, uh, yeah, it was nice last night when I was bringing my, uh, wife to the house, um, and one of the big intersections, because it's kind of out, like, in the suburbs, like, it's, it's pretty quiet, there's not really any police around there, because there's not really any crime, <laughs> but, uh. There's a pretty big intersection that's right off the, you know, interstate, and there's like fifty, I'd say fifty, mostly Dodge Chargers doing donuts in the middle of the intersection, probably for <laughs> five or ten minutes, and I'm 100. just like, wait, this is, because I can just tell like her thinking like, oh god, where do we move that move to now? <laughs> But I was like, don't worry, it's probably not going to happen at this location again. Otherwise, they'd get busted. But I was just like, really?
0: <laughs> All right. All but right.
3: That was kind of nuts. People just standing in the middle of the intersection filming. I'm like, I'm in Indiana. Like, what? Like, you guys, come on. This isn't <laughs> like, we're in the middle of the, of a cornfield. <laughs> uh, it's like, it look like.
0: All right. But well.
3: yeah. That's, uh, that was my exciting weekend.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's good to hear, Shock. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, better be preferred for some uh, drag racing there. Um, moving on down the list, uh, General MLD Buddy. Hey, hope you're having a nice weekend. How are you?
4: Hey, uh, good to be here. i uh, glad to have, uh, have our guest, uh, Luis Antonio. 12 Minutes was definitely one of the more unique games I've played in a long time. So happy to you know be able to chat about it to gain some insight. Otherwise, been doing good. Uh, I'm about like also like 26 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. I'm really getting into it. So uh yeah, that that game is just a rabbit hole. There's so many things to do, but uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. So yeah, let's have a great let's have a great show.
0: All right. Well said. And to round this out, Centurion, uh, how you doing, man?
5: I am doing good. It is Sunday night. It is time to talk games. And at the mention of a rabbit hole, how can we not mention this amazing game, 12 Minutes? Excited to talk about the game with the director, get to know him, find out exactly kind of what's going on in his mind to help create a game that is essentially a rabbit hole. I sat down for like... What I thought was just a few hours. Turned out I stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. what was going on in this situation. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But yes, let's get into this. I'm excited. Been thinking about this all week. Yep.
0: Alright, alright, yeah, and uh, we will certainly dive into that, but before we do, uh, just a quick reminder to everybody listening in, that you can find us on a number of different audio platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, you know the drill, guys, there's a number of different options for you, just search TXR, and you'll find your favorite Xbox podcast on the go. Alright, well let's kick things off here, I will not waste any more time, uh... Luis, as of right now, people are familiar with you because of, as we we're just talking about, twelve minutes, uh, your newly released title. But uh, just to give everybody listening in, uh, like a sense of who you are, uh, like what kinds of like games, projects, and studios have you previously been a part of and worked on?
1: Uh, I started to work for. Um, I started my career at Rockstar Games. In London. Um, I work at Manhunt 2, Midnight Club LA, Max Payne 3. Um, then I moved to Ubisoft in Canada, uh, in Quebec, where I worked for a few years too as art director on some titles that are not that great. Uh, <laughs> the only one <laughs> to mention would be Dance on Broadway. There was a, a fighting game called Power Up Heroes, and the rest uh, is not really important. Uh, <laughs> Then I was a bit fed up with the with AAA industry, so I, I um I left. I moved to California where I worked with Jonathan Blow on The Witness for like three and a half years, um, focusing on the art and the visuals of the island. Um and that's it. And then twelve minutes.
0: All right, all right, very interesting. Um yeah, I mean that's a pretty impressive portfolio there, going from uh Rockstar to Ubisoft and then uh Settling into uh, like the indie space, uh, what made you really want to like just dive into uh, indie game creation? If you don't mind me asking, and what was that drive? Just again, you were just fed up uh, with AAA in general and just wanted to branch out.
1: Uh, I think the main reason was um, like in AAA, um, it's the moment a team is a bit too big, you end up having. The way you make a game is very different. It's, everything is slower. There's all these things that go up and down. The you know leads and 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 producers and whoever is giving money to the project. And I like a lot to, to get more involved in. You know, like you you see these really cool ideas getting bitten up into something really generic to to feed as many people as possible. Which I understand because there's a lot of money involved, but. Um, I wanted to see what happens if I work in a project where, you know, that's not the way things are done. Um, so I just wanted to try it out.
0: Okay, all right. Well yeah. said. Well said. Uh, I I can totally understand that. Uh, Shockley, buddy, uh, you're up next. What would you like to ask our uh, delightful guest here? <laughs> oh, and. I think
3: my headset went out right
0: there <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it yeah go ahead shock
3: sorry my, uh, my, my yeah sorry my mic lost connection there for a second um, no I thought it was pretty cool with the because uh, at first I was kind of just like I know there's got to be because I was thinking like not, I wouldn't say like less of the game but I was just thinking like there's no way it went to like this detail of like of things like you could do and I think one part when I just discovered something I could harm like the uh uh, well Willem Dafoe's character in a certain way uh with one of the uh weapons I was like really (laughs) or I you know gave him kind of like a I had to intimidate him in some way to kind of change his lingo or change his dialogue around from the questions that he because he kept like
1: Oh. Oh sorry,
3: I think my audience like that's what I
2: yeah, your, your mic is is uh, coming out.
0: Yeah. Uh oh we'll uh tell you what, Shockley, we'll uh give you a minute there to sort stuff out. Uh, we'll move on, uh but you yeah, know, you make some good points there, bud. Uh Tim Buddy uh move <laughs> we'll head up next to you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, first off I wanna say um Thank you for doing something like this because uh, I find in the industry that there is a lot of generic-type games that you know are done over and over and um, you could say different skins of different types of games, but they're just kind of all the same. Um, your game is absolutely unique. I do not remember a game that used this this uh, this type of style um and i appreciate that because i think that uh you know basically you pretty much created in my opinion a new style of game i I definitely think that you're going to have clones of this and that's going to come down the road because you've done it so well my question to you is is that did you go in to creating this game with the idea of creating something that was never done before and that's new to the to the industry? Or is it just something that, you know, you had in your mind uh, all along?
1: Um, yeah. Um, well, really glad you see it that way. It's pretty cool. But, <laughs> um, like, I think there's a couple of different ways to design games. Um, and the, like, Usually, like, yeah, there's this approach that you're talking where you use kind of a formula, right? Where, where you know some things work, let's do a, a fighting game or an RPG or whatever, uh, and then you build on that. But the the way I like designing games personally, it's more where you 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 just start with an idea, but you let that idea tell you kind of what it's supposed to be. So in this case, it was just literally the concept of I want to do something about the accumulation of knowledge. And how could I make a game about that, which I had no idea, like literally I had no idea what it would be. And I, I love point and click games, but doing games with heavy dialogue, it was never something that attracted me. Um, but as I tried to play with ideas on what's cool about knowing what you just lived, I always kept running into if there's people involved and if it's about the way you perceive these people, it always gets more interesting. So I was like, okay, so I need to do something in this, in this type of games. And if I'm involving people and, and if I want to do more than, you know, just shooting or platforming or whatever, what is the best genre that allows you to have this richness of interactions? And, and so slowly, right answer after answer, I was, yeah, it just kind of ended up being what it is, but I had no idea what that would become, uh, which is what I like, right? It's. It's this process of discovery that I find more interesting in development. But yeah, I had no idea. Well said. Well said. And like I
2: said, thank you for for that because uh, I really am enjoying the game and and for myself, I'm 45 years old, so I've been since the onset of games. You know, it's just nice to have uh, new types of games come up and and come about. And uh, you've done a great job here with this game. Cool.
1: Glad to hear that.
2: So, um, now you actually
5: said something very, uh, interesting to me. You said the accumulation of knowledge, um, shows that you're a very, very out of the box thinker. I never even thought about the game on that. That completely blew my mind when you said that. Um, so being thinking out of the box, I noticed in reading some of your background that you actually kind of, from a very young age, knew exactly a path you kind of wanted to go down, um, you know, just to talk about you as a developer for a second, kind of what urged you like to be a developer? Was there like a special, like, you know, influential person in your life? Or is this just something that you saw? Like what gravitated you to basically just chase to your passion
1: as soon as you could? Um, it's a good question. I, someone asked me that the other day and I, I never quite noticed, but I think my father, I think it was just a, a bunch of things. My father was a programmer, but like. Right, years ago when he had like uh, 386 and 486 and uh, and he was like working in libraries doing like digital like when libraries were going from you know cataloging things manually to doing it digitally and he was working on, on something in the government for that um, so he had a PC at a very young age and were, we had no consoles or anything and I, I always enjoyed uh, he would play like flight simulator they're the first ones and, and like our friends would give us those you know the big floppy disks with with small oh games. Oh my God, and... I remember
2: Yeah, I games. remember, I
1: remember. Yeah, and, and just, just DAWs, you know, trying to get the game to run. And and I just <laughs> yeah. loved the, 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 I don't know, I think I, that hooked me somehow, but I always thought I would be an illustrator. That was the thing I wanted to do for many years. Um, it was only when I went to university that I, I started to, first I started to play with game engines. I remember playing with Source from the first Half-Life, um, and doing stuff in them and enjoying it. And then like, maybe I could do something with this, but I was always focused on illustration. And then I learned 3D. Um, Like a friend of mine gave me a book, like Learn 3D Max. And I read that book and I start learning it. And then I was like, whoa, this is cooler than just doing illustrations. And then I can actually put these things in game engines as people are walking in them. And yeah, so it was always between working in the movie industry or working in video games. and I don't know why. I mean, I, I think I like the, um, it's cool. It's cool to do that kind of stuff. And it always attracted me. I don't know why I like to be in your imagination doing stuff.
5: Oh, man. Well, I yeah. think you're in a great industry. We're, we're seeing right now gaming blur the lines between the entertainment industry. It almost seems that gaming is almost uh, it its own version of the entertainment industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just. Yeah, it's another chapter or another uh, facet of it, for sure. I mean, gaming is huge. I'm, I'm right. It's 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 bigger than movies and and yeah. music combined. It's 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 a mm-hmm. and it's so unexplored. It's like I feel we're in this in this beginning. We're, we're, these are baby steps, right? The games we're mm-hmm. doing, like I think in a hundred years, they're gonna laugh at. Um, you know, like we, we started like with Pong and Mario and all that stuff. But we're still doing a lot of, we still have levels, we still do all these points and the scoring, and and, and now in this generation where we, we started with the, like Zynga had this thing going on that made them very profitable, and now all games have this, you know, achievements and XP wow. and unlocking things, and, and I don't know, it, it's, it's funny. I find it like, I, I played God of War, the new one recently, right? You have this amazing opening, super realistic, right? I, I'm, I'm so into the story. And then suddenly you have these orbs that fall for you to catch and suddenly you're upgrading your axe, and you have these, right. There's this, I find there's a, a disconnect between what you do and what the game is trying to tell you. Um,
5: you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's, it's just, yeah. it's not that,
1: I mean, I, I, it's all valid. I'm not criticizing it. The, the, the game is a huge technical achievement and I think it has its own place. It's, For me, it just stood out, maybe because I'm old too, because if I was a kid, I would be tripping on these games, right? Like growing on on much simpler games that I already enjoyed. Like these titles nowadays are are like GTA, Red Dead Redemption is like, it's crazy amazing. Um, But I still do find that there's, we carry a lot of luggage from the beginning. Like it reminds me of, like if you look at the history of cinema, where... You know, the first movies they were filmed like theater plays. You would never think about cutting the camera and frame someone's head. Like, what the hell? No, you have to keep one angle, right? And someone decided to do that, and then right, and suddenly we had this vocabulary of how you move the camera. Um, and I think games are slowly starting to do this. Where we're like, I think because more people can do games, we have more people um, just trying stuff. Like, Gotta I don't know if you guys have played, like, the Annapurna catalog has a lot of stuff like this. Florence, Gotta Journey did a bit of this. All the Walking Simulator, Stanley Parable, um, mm-hmm. Papers, Please, just interacting in a very different way. Yeah.
2: Wow. yeah that's kind of what i was touching on my question is i do find the same, like the, the, the it's like they a lot of a lot of games use the tried and you know true um you know what's been done before and they just do it a different way whereas like that's why i felt um your games was unique is like i you know first of all being that you know it's a it's a loop is really cool and you know you you like you said you accumulate knowledge and stuff like that but just just that whole idea um you know i have never seen in play and uh i do agree too that i think that you talk about 50 years from now you'll be seeing many different types of uh game plays and game types because um people are going to take different approaches and try different things and you know this is you could really make a, a case that gaming in itself is kind of you know just getting out of its infancy and and you know the, the 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 types of games that can be made um down the line could be really cool and um also about the the, the industry i have to say uh, awesome job getting william defoe <laughs> um, on the game uh, he's awesome and uh, I just feel like that type of stuff too where you could you know blur Hollywood into games is something I could see down the line happening too especially with as you said you, you know gaming's right now more lucrative than movies and and music combined and uh, COVID was a, a definitely a big push uh, to the gaming industry, but yeah, like uh, Good stuff just all around
1: Yeah um,
4: I agree. All right, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go next here. I just want to say uh, Luis that it, it definitely was uh, a great time playing the one a, a Game that I could never possibly imagined uh, thinking of uh, creating myself I was hoping I could just maybe pick your brain a little bit. What was your process in creating the, uh, the story structure and the overall uh, pace of the game And I guess a a, a side question would be, uh, how long was the development time, I guess, from start to finish, from concept
1: to, you know, going gold? Uh, The development time, I would say it was like from 2016, 2015 to now, so uh, six years. Um, But it's, it wasn't, there was no rush. So that's, I think I'm I'm just going to say, like there's this idea, like, you know, when Duke Nukem Forever was taking ages to do and and you see games that take too long, clearly there's a problem in the studio or there's things that aren't flowing. Uh, this was not the case with this title. It was just, I like doing game development. I don't like being in a rush. So I'm going to take my time and I love it, right? And once I'm done, I'm going to do another game. And it's not like I have to rush it for someone. So um, I think the long development time was not long for me. Um, in terms of the process, um. Yeah, it was very organic. Like, I actually, like, literally, I started by, you know, walking with friends and being like, um, like, actually, yeah. I started with thinking, wait, yeah. If I go really to the beginning, I was working at Rockstar. Okay, this was uh, 10 years ago or more. I don't remember. Um, And we had just finished Manhunt 2. And the studio was open for ideas for new games. And the GTA 4 was in Edinburgh. They were about to wrap it up. And we had this technology. And I was like, How cool would it be if we do like Groundhog Day on the GT engine where we simulate every single person and you're stuck in a day and you can do all these consequences. Um, But they shut down the idea, but it just stayed in my head like it's the idea of a repetition. So years later, I sat down and I was like, let's say I had no restrictions, could I pull this off? Um, And I started to play with the idea of a small town where you like... I mean, the way I do things, I just throw ideas, right? And then I eliminate what's really crappy about them. So I was like, okay, what if like you, you come home from work? I mean, you, you, you leave home in the morning, you go to work, you come back, your family's murdered, you know, something like really drastic to make you do something. And then you have to find out why they got killed and stop that from happening. But anytime time the scenario was very big, like I had an idea of, let's say you have to hack the computer of your boss and you have to make him have a car accident so you can get the computer before he does. Like, how the hell do you communicate this to the player? How does he even understand that causing a traffic accident is gonna make his boss late and allow him to hack his computer, right? It becomes super random. So I, I, I quickly realized I had to reduce, like the, the action-reaction scenarios had to be very clear. Um And that can only happen if the amount of time that it takes between them is short. So I started to shrink the the amount of time. Let's make this like a night. Um, And then the same thing with the space, like instead of a city where it's like you'd have to drive cars, you don't know where your car goes, you don't understand. Like there would be so much complexity. So so, so simplifying it for a very small space and a small amount of time made sense. So once I had this framing, I started to see what could I do in this small space.
0: and that's wow. the other thing,
1: like, I had those, those puzzles of, you know, the generic puzzle of there's a door that has a key code, and you learn the key code, and then next loop, you mm-hmm. know the code so you can get in faster. So those puzzles are relatively easy to come up with. But then I was like, what else could be more interesting than just having this information about the world? What if the game doesn't tell you what to do, and it's you interpreting that information? And it suddenly became kind of interesting because you're, you're reading the situation and you're deciding what to do with the situation. And because the game doesn't tell you what to do, you get this Groundhog Day thing is am I going in the right way? I kind of, I mean, there's the game will still right a cop coming in and killing you. It's a pretty strong motivator to do something. But yes. in a way, I feel, I don't know, you just started to feel that there was something interesting to explore there. Um, so that was the first step was just your home with someone you care about. your wife makes could be I thought it could be your kid, could be you know could be a I don't know like it just made sense to be a couple because they would be you know together in this. and then I thought maybe it could be a burglar. What if this burglar has some connection with the couple? What could that connection be? and then at the same time, just figuring out also how you would interact with the game um, like a, a, a thing. You know, like when you play a first-person shooter, you don't think about dropping the gun and, um, you know, and, and, tro- and, and use a payphone or, or <laughs> right. throwing a rocket. You, you know, in this game, this thing is glued to my hands and all I do is shoot. Um, same with the platformer. You just, you, you intuitively know the rules of this world, of verbs, and you don't think about stepping out of them. And I knew if I wanted to do a story like this, I had to have a very clear set of, of verbs, Right. Like, why can't you drag the couch to block the door? You know, or hit the cop with a chair? Why can't you open the window and jump out? Right? Or or turn the oven on, burn something? Right? Your your mind would start racing with all these ideas. So I, I wanted to find a way to. And and even the old point and click games. I don't know if you guys played. You know, um, Day of the Tentacle, the, all the Lucas Art stuff. Mm-hmm. Or they had this thing where you always end up having these really weird, but I not, Look, I've read a lot of reviews. I know a lot of people think 12 Minutes has a lot of these. And I think some of them are kind of tricky. But what I tried to work towards was making... Like, if you have a plan in mind. Like, a lot of people are like, I'm stuck trying to prove I'm living the same day. I'm like, but why are you proving you're living the same day? Or or like, you know, I'm, I'm putting the watch... Like, if you make a plan, I think the game kind of flows. Like, my plan is to knock out the cop. Or my plan is to find right. where the watch is. Then you can kind of piece together things to arrive there. But if you're just trying stuff, hoping it will unlock things to take you somewhere, it's not really designed that way. Um, so right. it was figuring out all these things to make this kind of flow in a way. And, and then right, I realized also, right, I need to give you enough breadcrumbs to do another loop, but I cannot overwhelm you with information. So finding the layers for this in terms of like... You know the closet is there; is a bit darker than the rest. You don't go there immediately. Maybe the wife gives you a clue to look into it. Then you, you find the phone, which kind of preps you for later on to see the cop's phone, and then you know how to use the phone. Or you have a couple of vents in the apartment, so you know how to use the vents before you find the other one. Or you, you at least you feel you're discovering. The vents are darker. There's a light. So so trying to find all these connections to ground you somehow, and in a way create a narrative in your head as you're processing everything that's happening. Um, Yes, yeah, so it was very organic. That wasn't really a plan in mind. I don't remember the question anymore, but yeah. oh no, well, no
4: that was well said. Oh, that was very that was very insightful. Thank you. I mean, it's really refreshing to see that that you know you took your time, six years development, but you really were able to like hone your vision, uh, be realistic with the scope, and really just maximize uh, the potential with with, uh, with your final vision. So, uh, thank you very
1: much for that answer. No problem. I actually just remembered something like, because you asked about the story. Um, the story came only after the design was figured out. Like once I knew how you interact with the world, you know, pick up things and drag them. Once I knew the environment I was in and the characters and what was cool about puzzles, you know, like the, I'm with my wife and then I learned that she's been lying to me. How do I interpret that or or, or the ambiguity of some actions? Then I started to think what, what story could fit these elements that I'm working in. And yeah, and that's only when the characters started to kind of take shape into who they were and their and their narrative.
4: Right, so you're saying the story, it's easier to fill in uh, the gaps with the story so long as the core gameplay mechanics are, are there. I mean, it's not that it's
1: easy. I, once again, this is very personal, but I think, like, what I wanted to do is explore, literally, the concept is Explore the accumulation of knowledge. That was it. That's what I wanted to explore. And I ended up realizing that a narrative. Right where you have knowledge of the characters. Makes sense. Uh, So a story had to be created. It couldn't end up being like a very abstract puzzle game. Where you. You know there was. I remember when I showed the game at PAX East. In 2015 there was induction or what was the name there was there was a, a time travel game which was just like you know blocks you travel a block you go back in time now you have a sec you could have been a game completely abstract super time force no no that's no, an awesome game
5: now <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, in- no, i i loved how you like you said your accumulation of knowledge like she would say something to you that you would take with you to a loop to go talk to him, that you would take back to a loop to talk to her again, yeah. to talk
1: back to a loop. Yeah. Basically, you're right. trying yeah. to
5: hold a conversation with two different people, but you can't do it at the same time.
1: Yeah. And not even that, but also the because you when you start, you see the wife a certain way. Then you start to judge her, you know? Like that's the other mm-hmm. thing. Like you're like, oh, this, she's a liar. She's she's not helping me even. She's right, she's she's reading me out or whatever. Then you mm-hmm. see this. This villain cop. Then you're like, wait, actually this guy is not as bad as it seems. I kind of, kind of, I, I get why he's trying to do this. Oh, but that, so it's not only what you get, but how you interpret it. Um, And, and keep seeing how, how far can I take that? Mm -hmm. And, and if I don't tell you anything about it, right? You're just discovering on your own and you always feel a bit lost and kind of uncomfortable and a bit, like, how is that experience um so it was it was really exploring that aspect of not only the the knowledge you get as they tell you, but you interpreting that knowledge and making your own decisions and like for example, like a lot of players, for example, like you know they always go through the dinner to put to drug the wife, I mean, you can literally <laughs> give her a guess of water or or they're like we'll they give everything like like they 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 drug the wife, they go through the dinner to drug her, then they hide uh-huh. in the closet. And then, right, the cop takes like a minute or something to get into the door. Yeah. Like, why can't I speed this up? And I'm like, you could open the door and hide. Like, you right? I try to make like speed running concepts in there. That, wow. Okay. Because you you could right, you can drag the wife immediately, and you can go straight to the closet, open the front door, so the cop is gonna zap in straight into the apartment. You, you shave off a few seconds, right? That's what I, I was hoping it would come off as. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's
2: that's the beauty of the game is, is that you you keep going back and trying things differently. At least for me, um, or different scenarios, or uh, you know how this could work, or you know, and and there, and, and I, you know anybody that's playing the game, I, I definitely would say don't go to YouTube and look up how to do fix it. Do it on your own because I I actually I I done a lot, and um, I would just have to say that you know uh just try to do as much as it might you know uh be frustrating just just keep on at it and uh do not use the guides or anything and and i think that your sense of enjoyment or accomplishment will be a lot better than if you just go to youtube and just you know get the answer yeah i
1: I would even add to that like which is, it makes me feel old as hell when i say this because i realize i come from that generation where um right I would get a game, like, I wouldn't buy games. Like, you're a kid, your friend gives you floppy disks, you have the games that your friends have. And if you're stuck in a game, like Monkey Island, if you're stuck in Monkey Island, you, you're you stuck. I might be stuck for three months. I talk with my friends at school. They might know <laughs> something to do. There might be a magazine at a store that has a page that talks about a puzzle, and it helps you. But that's it, there's this...
3: Mm. Now,
1: Nowadays, it's like, it's now, I want it now. I don't want to be blocked, I want now, now, you know? <laughs> it's this rush of i'm I'm confused the game is broken now i want this and and i don't i didn't design it in that direction and then i see there's a contrast on on how games are consumed nowadays where um like if you're stuck i think it's okay if you're frust- it's okay just stop playing it for a day you know think about it that's what i did uh talk with your friend like playing with couples this game works pretty well i think if you're playing with a buddy and you're, you're just bouncing ideas off each other um yeah, like frustration was kind of designed into it, so so things take a bit of time, that is a bit irritating, so just chill, man, <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah
4: it's, funny. it's funny
1: you said that. Uh, uh,
4: a great thing that kept me uh, progressing uh, about halfway through the game to the end was uh, I got my wife uh, to help me out. She loves these hidden object kind of games. So w- w- once she knew like all the items you could interact with, it was actually, we were actually playing both of us together, essentially. And uh, it was actually like a, an even better experience because we, we were like, it's a single player game, but it's like we're playing it together. So uh, I, I just want to let you know that that was the impact it had on me as well. That's
1: awesome. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. It's it's funny. I, I see a lot of, yeah, like I'm, I'm checking everyone playing the game. It's, it's pretty addictive because um, you have these people like, for example, I don't know, like, like when the cop comes in, people put the watch on the table and and the watch punches you like the cop would the cop would not acknowledge the existence of the watch on the table which i know he doesn't but in my mind like i try to frame it as um, you know if i was going to rob these people to get something there in their house and these people are in the apartment i would not stop to pick up the watch before i talk to them or before i i, I you know i tie them up or something um Like I, I was hoping to create something more in a more grounded way, but it's a very thin line because it can be very easily misinterpreted and things just, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with this, but it's a, it's a fine line that I, I've learned a
0: lot. The
1: next game, hopefully it's smoother. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it, just to piggyback off of uh, what Apple D was saying, um, again, with the uh, the progression and uh, the time loop, as you, uh, you were discussing there, uh, I'm just kind of curious, uh, what made you fall on, like, the 12-minute time loop? Uh, was there any consideration for, like, different time loops, uh, like, 8 minutes, 15 minutes? How did you uh, end <laughs> up, se- Why you know, 35 minutes? I don't know. How did you end up settling on 12? um so i started right i i made it up to a night that was kind of
1: what i really thought the game would be like maybe three four hours um but then a loop of three four hours is is way too long if you make a mistake after three hours you don't want to redo everything so i crunched it down to yeah like 15 minutes and i was like let's make like gta style 15 minutes where time is fakely going fast um i was like no this has to be real time because i i even had a puzzle early on where you would like, you'd learn a language, and you had books in the apartment to learn a language, and if you read a book each loop, which meant, like, each night was, like, three, four hours, If you for ten loops you would learn a new language and you could prove to a wife you're living the same day, but it just doesn't feel as grounded as, you know, learning something and applying it in real time. Uh, So I I knew it had to be real time. And then when I sent the game to a festival, I had to come up with a title, and the loop was, like, eleven minutes and something, and it was like 12 is pretty symbolic with time. Um, so let's round it up to 12 and hope it matches in five years with the end product. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because there were so many moments in the game where I was just in the middle of a, a conversation that... I, I that I really wanted to pick up on that I was like oh yeah I got some new information I want to check it out and then it just cuts and then I automatically feel like that the uh the character there uh is just like oh damn you know just restarting so <laughs> just trying to rush through everything again and <laughs> again it's kind of like a speed run and then trying to remember what you did before to get to that moment and then out you might do something new and then you figure out a new way of doing things it's um <laughs> again it's very um I, like admit, it can be frustrating at times but it's also I I really like critical thinking games and problem solving and you know just being a detective so I don't mind going through it it's just those moments of like frustration at times um but yeah just that whole 12 minute time loop just really um you know it, it's it's definitely a unique kind of, uh, take on approaching a, a scenario. I don't think it's one that I, that, that I really see utilized a lot nowadays with the, the time loop. Um, like what, what's your reaction been to, um, like a lot of people commenting on like, uh, the loop and, uh, just general, like, uh, like the critical uh, reception of it. Um, uh, I'm happy. I mean, uh, I'm happy that uh, the concept
1: is, is something that hooks people. And, and I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see people, there are people that are like it the people that hate it. I don't think there's much of a middle ground, but there's people that start hating it and loving it or love it. And then they start hating it. Um, yeah, I mean, what's my reaction? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see that it's being played. And it's being discussed, right? That's that's the best that you can wish. That people are experiencing this and they're having reactions to it, and they and even if they're frustrated, like there's something about it that's making them want to talk about it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm learning a lot about the game too. Actually, like uh, I already fixed some stuff, some puzzles that are, like the Polaroid. Yeah, we're doing a bit non-spoiler stuff, but there, there are some things that were a bit not as smooth as they could be that I got fixed, and there's just. It made me realize, I think the biggest thing is that the way games are seen nowadays is not quite as I thought they were. Um, this this generation of gamers, like a lot of people were, were surprised. It was point and click. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like point and click games, they kind of died out a bit. It's, it's an old thing. Um, or the pacing of it or, or, right. Games now are streamlined in a certain way that I didn't do on this one. And there's people that are happy how refreshing it is, while others are like, dude, what the hell? And that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good uh, good point, actually. Uh, you know, with the point and click, I mean, you had made reference to the Art games uh, a few minutes ago as well. Uh, who knows? Uh, maybe with this game, we'll see a, a renaissance of uh, point and click games. You never know or uh you know games dealing with uh, time loops and like groundhog day events and so on you never know uh but it's definitely getting a lot of notoriety um let's see uh just looking at the panel here uh shockley buddy uh how's the audio at your end do <laughs> you sound any better
3: yes yeah it's uh, much better <laughs> yeah i was on my way back from home and those my airpods just kept dying i don't know what else happened. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy the the level of detail that I didn't think would be in a game. You know, more of like a indie game of things I could do. Like when I found the phone, I was like, "Oh, I bet I can dial." Like, let me try nine one one, and uh, or things that I can do to intimidate that I didn't think I could do. So I thought that was a really good level of detail, as well as that fast forward button that definitely saved me a few times before the cop to get me through before that cop came in. Um, about the his character, did you already, were you already thinking of like Willem Dafoe for that character? He just seems like he fits that like uh, perfectly. <laughs> Before, like when you were uh, doing the, maybe some of the writing or uh, helping, not somewhere. at all. I
1: mean, so this game started literally like just me learning to program, doing this for a year, um,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and I got funding from Microsoft. Uh, they were the only ones who were like, "Dude." Here's money, do whatever you want, we trust you. Versus a lot of publishers who you know, want to decide a lot of things. So at the time, was a, I, I literally thought it was going to be a year. It's going to be a tiny game. It was all like dialogue balloons over the characters' heads. There was no way I would do voice acting. It was only when I kept digging more into the game that it, it, it was like, actually, if we put voice actors here, this could be pretty cool. Um, and then I partnered with Anapurna Interactive, and we, where we started to kind of flesh out the game a lot more in terms of, you know, the visuals, the depth of the writing, um, and then when we started thinking about uh, the voice acting, yeah, we started to think who would fit these roles. Um, yeah, Willem Dafoe was kind of yeah for a villainy he would always work, but I, I never thought we would get him, you know, as a, he would be mm-hmm. interested in the project. Um, so I actually, the, the character I thought the most was probably the main character, because I think it was the trickiest one, um, because there's no progress in the game, right? You don't get weapons, you don't change levels. There's the only measure of progress is the way the character is going to behave based on what is lived through. Um, and if we're doing voice acting and you don't see the faces, it, it the focus had to be on the nuances that he can pull off with his voice. Um, and funny enough, like James McAvoy, um, he was a reference from, I think it's called Filth or... or Ooh, Filth, yeah, it's such a good filth, movie. Filth's right. Yeah, Filth, where I the guy the is...
3: Based off the book,
1: yeah. Yeah, like his, his performance in that film is he's just insane. It's insane, you know, like it's this guy going through hallucinations and, 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 and things get more and more stressful and he... Um, and there's some images of him, like, visually that I connected with. Uh, so then having him play them in character was pretty cool.
3: Nice. Was there any uh, games that you... Because the first thing that I was thinking of when I was playing, was kind of like when I was playing, like, Gone Home, it kind of gave me some of those vibes, just with some of the things that you could do and, like, kind of, like, the mystery that you kept, like, unraveling. Um, or any yeah. other, Was there any big inspirations? I'm not sure if anyone touched on it when my audio was going out, but... Uh,
1: and no, like, no. Uh... Yeah, the, there were tons of inspiration. Yeah, the game was more inspiration than films to start with, for sure. Like, so, okay. so going back to when I was a kid, like there were games that just really blew my mind. Like the, the Jordan Mackner, the first Prince of Persia. You know, they had this mm-hmm. kind of mocap look, and you're like, mm-hmm. you don't know how many levels you're going up the castle to save the princess, and if you die, it's it's really raw, right? You, you really feel this guy is is, is fragile. Um, another world from Eric Chai, an old game. Oh, yeah. that, like It just feels like a movie. Um, and then there was stuff like, stuff that's really influenced me. Um, Daniel Benmergi, he's doing Storyteller now, but he did an old game called Today I Die, which was like a poem in Flash. Flash we had a lot of Flash games. Um, and this was when I was like, here are some games where what you do is directly related to what the message of the game is. And then, like, Lucas Pope, Papers, Please, is a huge one where... I don't know if you guys play that game. um, Do you know about it? Definitely
3: know that one. I'm familiar uh, with it. I definitely always wanted to try it. I just haven't sat down. But I've definitely heard in-depth of how it's... It's definitely a different game, but... um, Yeah, uh, it's... Listen to Adam Sessler. He was going in-depth on it with his... uh, Podcast, but it, it's definitely seemed like a, some cool something completely different than what you would get out there. But that's definitely highly, highly uh,
1: thought of uh, from what I hear, yeah. And then just games like I, I always like, like Shadow of the Colossus is one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. The, the original one, it has this, it's very simple, right? There's 10 Colossus, you're gonna kill them all, but it's, there's this beauty and cleanliness to it that makes it very epic you know versus assassin's creed where you get you have this map with fifty thousand things and let's catch you, you gar, you're garbage collecting the whole thing right you, you're cleaning up stuff versus this majestic adventure um so i wanted that is something that every, every game i've worked on or, or games that i play you know i remember manhunt 2 when working on manhunt 2 there was a puzzle i don't know if you guys ever played that game um but there was a level in a factory where you had to kill a guard and put his body in a conveyor belt. Um, and no one was getting it during playtesting. And the designers were trying to solve this. Like, how do we tell the player that he has to put the body of a guard so that the guard gets converted into something like, also like a machine that shreds him and makes him into a cube that puts pressure somewhere? Um, and they just ended up doing a <laughs> a pop up thing. You know, if you take more than like three minutes, it just says, and I was like, dude, that's a, that's an awesome challenge. Like, that's what I think game development is, is, is you have to say that without being that explicit. Um, so that kind of challenges always like, you know, instead of the Colossus, for example, you have, you have this horse that you ride, but you don't control the horse one-to-one. The horse is, you kind of tell him what you want him to do. And in a way you end up bonding because it feels like he's alive or raising the sword to... To know if you're going in the right direction, there's all these things that are very subtle but very effective versus just having like like for example, you don't need a health bar in a game you can always make the character like start to bleed more or have his armor more destroyed like you know solving these things using all the language we have like games that do this they always I'm always pretty big on them all right.
0: All right, that's well, uh, yeah, interesting. Go ahead, Centurion.
5: So, speaking of being different, um, <laughs> I didn't feel like this was like your average point and click. Um, as soon, you know, as soon as I got the little white dot on the screen and was moving around, I'm like, okay, it's a point and click. And then after after a while, I mean, I'm gonna not gonna be mean, but your average point and click is like, you know, just most of the time a still image. You're actually moving a character around, at least. The, This was very unique to me. And what was even more unique was the story, when you get into the actual nitty-gritty meat and potatoes of the story. Um, And to just... I'm kind of curious, how did you settle on a story of that nature? I mean, because it's really interesting, when you first start playing the game, and you can only experience so many minutes of the story before it's actually interrupted, and then by the time you're actually able to perform um, what they call at least in the achievement, a perfect night where you actually do the full 12 minutes as like, basically as it kind of would have went down and you're, 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 uh, I get the, how you perceive the full night after you have accumulated knowledge and things have now changed. You've changed your opinions of people. And by the time you're able to do this, you're just completely seeing a completely different situation. I'm Um, just curious on how you actually came up with the story that you did.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean this this was it's hard to speak without spoiling stuff. Um,
5: Right. Um. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. I'm just like, it was just. Yeah. It definitely uh came out of left field. It definitely touches on subjects that definitely a lot of people would never. I mean, I couldn't believe it went down the road that it did. I'll just say that
1: yeah I mean yeah i I totally get you and 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 the thing is like so the ending or, or or the knowledge you get near the end was always there since the beginning it was never um tacked on or or glued to to create kind of a twist um the idea was like first you get knowledge about your wife right then you get knowledge about the intruder then I was like now we have to Right. Kind of change your perspective on them. So have this understanding that the way you perceive them might not be the right way. Right. And and throughout the game, all you're doing is analyzing these two characters, but you're never really analyzing yourself, right? You kind of stay as an observer and as a player. So. I think there's something pretty interesting, because all you have is how you interact with them, but if how you interact with them is directly related to your story, to these characters, it's gonna the same way it's, you've been painting and judging these characters as you go through. Once you know more about your character, it's gonna paint him in a different lens. Um, and the fact that you're the one doing the actions or ordering this character to do the actions, I think, I just think it um, it makes you ask certain questions. And, and I don't know how far you guys went into the game. Um,
5: I'll say I rolled the credits on it, and I mean, yeah, definitely uh, the what you walk into the game and the way and what you feel after you walk once you beat the entire game. It's definitely you felt like you went on one hell of a roller coaster ride.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, I was actually very curious, um, were there actually any uh, aspects or even objects like you know, household apartment objects even that you wanted to include that didn't make the final product? And uh, I guess a, a second uh, part of that question, do you see yourself revisiting this
1: type of uh, genre in the future? Um, so to the first question, so the, the, the game was designed by... Uh, removing things mostly um, mm-hmm. so early on you could you could drag bodies you could you could combine anything you could combine um, like anything that the mouse goes over could be combined so you could right you could not only drag let's say the knife to the couch and start putting holes in the couch but you could also drag drag the couch to another object You'd... but what i quickly realized is the more options i give you the harder it is for the player to understand the results of those actions and it just leads to frustration or um i like i even wrote a, a, a dialogue system of you know you start talking with someone and as they're answering you can move away from them and they would stop mm-hmm. talking and like hey where are you going and you can have they would resume the conversation versus the way they're not you get locked when you're talking with someone right just because every option you give to a player like when you could, you could put things on the floor. So players would spend hours trying, oh, I'm going to put the watch at this angle. I'm going to put the mug with what is going to trip on there. The meal used to be a lasagna that was in the oven. And people were like, oh, oven, I'm going to do stuff with the oven. Okay, take the oven. It was a soup, um, but the soup was warm. Or I'm going to throw the soup in the cop's face. So it was just removing as much as I could. So it would, or, or the play, like the player here, you had your wallet when the game started. But then what do you do with the wallet? It's not clear enough. Um, So it was just removing, removing things that would cause confusion. Like you could also give the wife, you could give the the wife a knife, you know, so she could defend herself against the cop. But the moment that the knife does not do the same thing with all the characters, like if you drag the knife to the cop, you attack him, so you have to attack the wife. Because otherwise you start to question maybe a certain item combined in a certain way is going to have... A result that i don't know about and then suddenly you're you're just guessing um so all the choices were to remove as much guesswork and ambiguity as possible
4: okay so the whole uh less is more route which uh which all i'm the not argue with yeah that's yeah. a really
1: good result yeah there was even a pregnancy test like if you guys see the demo with kind of funny and giant bomb like 2015 there was she had thrown away a pregnancy test into the garbage bin. You could pick up the pregnancy test. So there was a couple of ways to go about her being pregnant. And you could learn it before. But I'm like, if the present is already doing, why do we need the two items? And right, if making sure each item has a specific usage and as much as possible. And, and, and it just is easy in your head, right? Because all, all the time loop games that I know about, you always have like a notebook or markers or... 3 p.m., something, something is going to happen. And I want you to hold all this in your head since you're building all the narrative and, and and evaluating everyone and making your understanding. If the game never holds anything and it's all in your head, I think it just feels much more personal. Oh, definitely, totally.
4: Huh. Uh, the, the other part, um, do, do you see yourself uh, revisiting no. this
1: uh, kind of game? No. Yes that I mean so what I see myself I'm already working on something that I think is gonna be pretty cool <laughs> is is there's certain things that happen in this game that I really like like the the main one is I think there's a blend between narrative and game design that is almost seamless right most games you have cutscene and action very clearly separated like even big budget games you have you, you fight some guys, but then when you have the dialogs, you don't control the characters or if you do, it's, it's like so keeping this this merge between what you do and what's happening, like there's no break between those two. Um, and the next one is just the fact that there's no fail state in this game. Right. There's no you don't load the game. You, I mean, you, you you keep dying and you reset. And that was the way that it was solved in this title. But I think. Games are still doing this thing where, when you, you make something the game didn't want you to do, you have to go back to the same level again. So, trying to kind of solve or use these two things that this game I think worked on is something I would like to explore more.
4: Nice, nice, and uh, obviously, like, uh, we uh, keep us posted. Uh, we look forward uh, to any, any future uh, uh, games you make
1: in six years.
4: <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> the, the, the gaming is an art, the development is an art form.
0: Mm-hmm. take your time yeah yeah um you know better to make a uh you know better to spend time with the game and you know let it simmer and uh instead of rushing it out right so you know that's always the best policy in my books um you know i wanted Luis. i wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned before about uh, i guess the relationship uh with xbox right since this is a uh what would you call it? An Xbox console launch exclusive. I know it's a bit of a uh, a mouthful. <laughs> um, what were the conversations like with Xbox uh, bringing it into the well the Xbox ecosystem? Like, what was it like to deal with the ID at Xbox uh, team?
1: It was pretty smooth. The um, like I I, um, I sh- so the, the the way I, I approached the so usually most developers they they write a design document and they make like a a short vertical slice So if you do want they try to present the project, but I made the game and I would just show them the game. I would like I would literally say, "Look, there's no document, just play the game." And they would play for an hour or two, and they would say, "Yeah." Um, so that's how I I pitch the game to to publishers with Microsoft. Yeah, I just show them. They play. They were like, "Okay." How much money do you need? Let's talk about that, and and that was it. Then then there there's nothing. Once your game is done, it's on the store, and that's it. Wow, it was pretty clean. Yeah. There wasn't. Um, that's why I liked it. It wasn't it wasn't like all these. But oh, do this, and and there was nothing. It was just we trust you. Just go do
0: it. Oh wow, oh that's uh, pretty cool there, because occasionally. You know, you hear about some stuff, you know, that happens with a certain, you know, developments of games. And, you know, some things are unfortunate, but that's fantastic that everything was so smooth. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, so like I said, like, that's why I left A. Like, you... Being... Like, for example, being our director at Ubisoft, you, you really see how the sausage is made, you know? And and then going in, the, you see the other side of it, and going... To the, the more developers, the more you're in the industry, the more you see all the facets and and, and there are things I just didn't wanna because if if I couldn't do it this way, I just wouldn't do it. I would keep working as an artist for more games, like there wouldn't be no twelve minutes. So I wanted to make sure that whoever I'm gonna be working with, um was not, not gonna be stressing me out during the development. Um yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, and that that makes a lot of sense. And uh, having that kind of a backing from a, a big publisher like uh, Xbox, Microsoft in general, um, you know, I guess it's uh, you know, a good feeling to have that kind of um, support right in this development process. Because, like you said, it took what four or five years um, to get this out, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's huge to have. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. So the when I the way I did this, I. I was working on The Witness and I started to learn to program on the on the evenings um, then to build a prototype slowly and then I would show it to friends and they're like, this looks pretty cool. Um, and that's why I went to PAX East was to see what happens if other people play it. And people liked it. That's what made me feel okay, it's worth all this to say that there wasn't really like risk in the sense like I, I, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't feel that uh, it would make sense. For everyone hmm
0: hmm no and that makes uh a lot of sense like you said um it just it's really interesting for us to hear this kind of stuff i mean obviously we're not involved with uh, the behind the scenes kinds of things, so um you know it's very it's very informative um uh, to know this kind of stuff uh shockley uh what what would you like to ask ask next
3: <clears throat> yeah um was that kind of where uh, Microsoft, or where you kind of gotten deals with like Microsoft at the when you took it to uh, PAX East?
1: Uh, no, no, no. So PAX East. was or, um, or that before? <laughs> well, the timeline. Let me see. Um, no, I made a prototype. I was still working on the Witness full time. Um, then I went to PAX East to show the game. Um. And then at Paxist, what happened was that um, actually Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, he stopped by the booth. I didn't know him at the time. He played it. He loved it. And then he spoke in a panel later, like the next day. And then Mm -hmm. the next morning I had like a lineup to play the game. Um, And then more reporters came to play and it kind of made a snowball. So by the end of the event, there was a lot of press around the game. And I'm impressed that you give them the game and they play it and they get it. Uh, So it's not just I have this idea, but I don't know if I can pull it off. It was literally they have played it, they know what the idea is and how it works. Um, so when I went to look for funding, I already had this you know here's a prototype, and here's all these people that agreed that this is a cool game um, yeah, so it was just talking with different publishers until there was one that saw this saw it the same way the, I mean I'm saying this, but it took a year, but it wasn't I wasn't rushing either I was Still working on the witness and there's a lot of game events like indicate gdc the packs etc where you you meet your your peers and you just it's a small industry you just know everyone so you just show them around until someone um someone also believes in it the same way and
3: as uh, uh, like game pass are you seeing that kind of as like a benefit from like different ways that, that you've you know released games in the past uh i guess maybe on the not sure if you have the metrics on the side of, like, how many people are interacting with your game versus, like, maybe what you, uh, let say, like, initially, you know, expected, obviously, be, you know, making your first, like, independent game. <laughs> um, are you seeing as, like, a, you know, pretty big boost to, like, someone, like, coming along to interact, especially with maybe a different type of game that, um, you know, isn't, this isn't, like, a... You know, typically, you know, I haven't played any, you know, point and click kind of like loop mystery games, you know, in the past couple of years. So it's definitely cool and different. Um, are you seeing it as like a big benefit compared to,
1: I guess, maybe your traditional, uh, you know, releases or ways of releasing? You mean being on game, you're asking if being on Game Pass um, made a difference or or or?
3: Yeah, were you seeing it as that, like, uh, thought I knew where I was going with that, but, uh, or basically <laughs> are you seeing kind of, like, as, as a, uh, because you've probably seen it on your end from, like, some of the bigger and smaller games that you've, like, been a part of and, you know, seen released, um, I guess with this one coming out straight into Game Pass, so it's definitely something new for quite a few publishers or developers, um. Are you seeing uh, just like a bigger boost, like influx? Uh, uh, like there, there's definitely more people mentioned, play.
1: yeah. There's more. I think it. I think I think stuff like Impass will be inevitable, right? We have Netflix, we have Spotify. There's gonna be. It's just as a consumer, it's easier to just have a library you have access to, um, which I think. We just have to find a way for that to be great for developers too. It's still being uh, figured out, um, but yeah, the fact that anyone could play it, I think it because this game, I think it's like a movie that you watch. You you want to talk about it, you want to bounce ideas around, and then there's some films that you're not sure you're gonna watch or like. I think there's more people trying it that normally they wouldn't try, and that I think creates more conversation because it's easier to access. So I think definitely, I mean, and the numbers we're seeing. Or, I had no. I, I never expected it would have this many people playing it for sure.
3: Nice. I, I think I kind of get that feel. I usually go to kind of like a kind of like indie art house like theater where I am, but it's usually pretty expensive. <laughs> so it already kind of like, and it's nice when I go there, because like, like not as many, you're not getting like a huge crowd, so you can actually get a better experience. But it kind of, there's some really neat movies that you would, totally miss if you're trying to just go to a big traditional you know big movie plex that kind of get overshadowed uh whereas like if some of those movies were kind of straight into like a you know HBO max or looks and that's kind of where i think some of these movies are going like into netflix you're seeing more of these movies that you would have seen just on hey these small independent movies that went to that small indie you know theater in your you know town you know that aren't very you know aren't they're not everywhere like the indie theaters there's not that many in many cities um but now i think some of these uh from what i'm seeing kind of like with the smaller indies are definitely getting a boost from what i'm seeing really with game pass so many people are trying new games just like 12 minutes is then so i yeah i definitely see where it's uh giving giving more life into those and not being um, you know, overshadowed by a big like battlefield that drops. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> in the it's also holiday season. So. Yeah, it's also like discoverability is the I think is the issue, and that's why yeah you end up taking less risk, right? With, with these sequels after sequels or or following genres that you're very likely to recoup all the money you've put into. Yeah, you're right. Um, and and also kind of yeah you can. not You can try yeah it just becomes a richer games that was the other thing i think games the word game itself it's very constrictive because you think about something you're gonna it's like playing you're just gonna do something to entertain yourself and nothing else but you don't think about that about certain books or films you're not gonna go see schindler list to have fun you know And the games, I, I don't think, are quite seen that way. You, you, f- you finish your work, you go home, you're just going to, you know, blast some aliens or whatever to have fun. Um, but I think the interactive medium can do more than that. And having more access to these experiences um, and just seeing that they exist is, is, is very good for the industry, I think.
5: Well, speaking of discovery and knowing your game exists, um, I mean, what did you think about the praise, uh, Mr. Hideo Kojima gave for 12 minutes in his tweet out there? I mean, it, it seems a lot of people are discovering the game you put out. Everybody's having fun. Everybody is talking about it. And some people, some very, I guess you would say almost influential people that, um, think very outside the box are noticing.
1: Yeah, that was crazy waking up to that tweet. <laughs> it was uh, it was unexpected, I but I uh, I think he he kind of got what I was trying to do, which is which is awesome. Um yeah, it's very happy to see him like it and and exactly a lot of people um you know, respect him and and, and listen to to the things he says, so it's great to have him help, you know, get more people to try it out.
4: Okay. Well,
3: I actually, yeah, uh, you, you know, you did something right, right when Kojima, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mentions you and praises your uh,
0: your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, MLD. Oh yeah,
4: oh, sorry, I, I thought I thought uh, I think we guys were, were done there. No, I was actually um, I had more of a niche question actually because uh, you know, a, a, we uh, Xbox it gets a lot of indie games, uh, especially like lately. And I think, um, like, as you guys touched on before, exposure, uh, it could be, yeah, exposure is the biggest, uh, I guess, hurdle to go through. And as a result, I noticed a lot of indie games, they have very easy unlockable achievements as kind of like a hook. For, for achievement hunters to uh, get these games and play them and get that uh, easy 1,000-gamer score. Now, when uh, I played, and I think many others discovered, uh, you were, you were, like my playthrough, I only unlocked the one achievements. Others say they unlocked <laughs> one to two achievements. Now, this got me thinking. Now, I'm saying usually indie games are more liberal with this. What made you decide to go the route of making achievements uh, harder to earn? As opposed to uh, the majority of other indie games
1: that are releasing uh, these days, um, I don't know for other games. Like personally, I didn't want to have achievements. I, I, um, right? Is this once again in fifty years they're gonna laugh that we were gluing these things into the video games? It just doesn't. Imagine you're watching a movie and you get I don't know something like I don't know. It's, it's. You watched half the movie yeah i don't know it's just it's it's this it's i mean there's no criticizing here on, on my part i'm just i'm just acknowledging and finding it funny. it's like we're right we internet we're part of these people who i i, bo- I was born without internet right I, I saw it grow i saw it become this way to connect everyone then we got like the, the thing with the touch screens and iphones and then suddenly it went into this the things we have now where there's 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 notifications. Your phone is always trying to attract you, you. You like remember there was this woman who she took a photo. She got on a plane to Australia, and when she got there, the photo was viral, and she had lost her job. Right? We we're doing these things now with the way information spreads, and 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 games right have grown into this model. Right? Why do we have achievements? They don't. It's a weird thing if you think about. Like, if you really think about it, if you think about like I'm trying to say this thing with this work that I'm doing, why, why would I put achievements in it? So I wasn't really into putting achievements in the game, uh, but well, you have to. <laughs> and and if you have to, I I just try to to make them part of the experience itself, and just trying to see how can I make because it also bothers me that this thing pops up as you're playing the game because it takes you out of the film, um, to look at the achievement. Um, oh, so kind of yeah. Kind of to integrate it in a way that, I don't know, hopefully it's part of, of what the game is trying to do and, and be yeah, I think about. now
3: looking on it, achievements, I wish as much as I like them, <laughs> I almost wish that they didn't. Like three or Xbox didn't I mean, start them because when they're that made happened, for you to I like them. I dropped my Wii. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing the Wii. There's not getting many any achievements on these <laughs> Nintendo games. i I'm not gonna finish Twilight Princess. I get no achievements from this. And now it's all on my 360.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um Yeah, there's things yeah, that's what I mean about we've heard a lot of luggage in terms of like games still have levels. We have this we had levels a years ago because of you know, we're figuring out how to design sequences of things and yeah and and there's a lot of luggage we're still carrying around that will eventually drop and achievements i think is one of them Mm -hmm. well that no that makes a lot of sense uh no
4: because uh it it, i guess it would take you out of the immersion and i mean the way i see it i mean given that it's on game pass with all the exposure um it, it does also encourage uh, re- replayability because s- some achievements are contingent on on certain choices I'll just say that so uh, I mean there is the benefit that it will encourage uh, more playthroughs but no I-, I totally get the idea that yeah going against the trend it's all about the immersion and not really placing importance on the achievements rather than just the the experience so oh, th- 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 thank you for that insight
1: my pleasure hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, we don't want to keep you for too long, uh, Luis, but, uh, I will end off with, uh, this final, uh, question though, because, I mean, I was reading that, uh, you're a pretty big movie fan, if I'm not mistaken, and you list, like, uh, filmmakers such as Hitchcock, Kubrick, and, well, a, a few others to say the least, and there's, uh, hints of their work, Uh, in the game uh, like very subtle hints Um, like how did uh, they, how did these different influences um, how do I say it how did these different influences um, like help inspire uh, the game Um, that's going to be a long answer let me try to
1: read Uh, (laughs) it Um. So, so that there's one aspect of it which is you know just um, wait. Let me let me frame this properly. Um, like you know, some movies. Um, like let, let's say the Rear Window from Hitchcock. You guys seen that movie?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I own it. I love it. <laughs> right, right. The, the the way. Which movie? Rear window, Rear Window.
1: It's the one where there's a guy who broke his leg. He's in a balcony and the whole movie is from his point of view of (laughs) of what's happening in, right? And he sees what is this a murder? What what just happened there? But the fact that you're stuck in the balcony with the protagonist, it paints the experience uh, like you're, you're assuming things because you you only have his point of view. You never leave the balcony or, um, in memento, like there's another example I give where, right, by, by putting things out of order. You experience the character memory issues, um, and and I think that's really clever. Like because a, as a movie director, you you have these things to play with. You have the camera, right? Where you're pointing your camera at. You have the the lighting you're gonna use. You have the set dressing. You have the you have the the right. You have the sound design. You have the music. You have all these elements that you can play with to tell your story. Um, and these directors that I keep referencing, they like Spielberg is, a, is another one, but I is, is, I think he's so good that it's less obvious that he does this, but like some shots in his movies, he's saying like eight things in one single shot. And you don't even notice he's saying these things, like from the way the characters move, the way the camera does it, pans an angle, like there's this understanding of the tools they have and using them to the maximum to what they're trying to say. Um Like the shining, you know, the way the character has like the the layout of the hotel that everyone talks about or Mm -hmm. in some shots, things move out of place. Um, So I I was like, how can I use how can I look at video uh, game development and kind of do the same thing with the tools that I have as a game designer? What are the tools that I have? Is the interface is the way you interact with the world? is the way I'm going to paste the narrative, the colors that I use in the apartment, right? Like early on, I was like, okay, you're in a loop. You got to know the time. Let's put clocks everywhere. I'm like, you don't need clocks everywhere. It's a very short loop. I can very quickly with sound design make you know and lighting, like if, if the light changes throughout, you're going to know when this guy arrives. And, and people intuitively, they know this guy's about to arrive, you know, and, and you hear the sounds in the apartment. So, so trying to see what tools I have that I can use to do the things that I'm trying to do on my side with the narrative. Um, Yeah, so that I think that's the movie kind of influence that I got where these guys, those movies have been around for so long. They really know how to, how to use everything they have at their power and even question some things. Um, Like when when I started the game, I was doing the classical point and click where you would put the mouse over an object and have pick up, use, look, But I was like, do I need that? Uh, Actually, I don't, so let's take that out.
0: Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just uh, my personal uh, preferences. I mean, I really enjoy Hitchcock movies, like um, even some of the older ones, like Lady on a Train and and stuff like that. I don't know how how much of the library you're into, but man, some of those movies are just, you know, there's subtle things in those movies that you... That you pick up and you're like, oh wow, that's that's really smart, that's really clever, and yeah, um, it just it's amazing what uh, you know. Some of these movies are like you know 60 years old, just to give an example, but they really stay with you to this day. You know, again, Rear Window true true classic uh, if anybody has uh, hasn't seen it in the chat definitely definitely uh take a look at it it's been referenced in so many different cartoons and movies and so on it's amazing i remember yeah. a simpsons episode that really did a good riff on it way back um yeah but uh yeah i, I really I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh like those allegories that you put into the game Uh, you know, with those inspirations. Uh, Really good stuff there, Luis. And uh, yeah, again, the panel, the panel really enjoyed this game. Uh, Just looking in the chat uh, briefly, there's a lot of really good chatter. There's a lot of excitement for your title. Um, Oh, yeah, The Shining. The Shining is another great example, of course. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I believe that's a Kubrick film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, yeah 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 just uh again really good imagery cinematography and uh again smart little hints in there that i really appreciate but uh again we don't want to take up too much of your uh your time Luis. it's uh you know just looking at the clock i think we'll start to wrap things up here and wow you know what i i really gotta say uh it was a really awesome show tonight it was a blast hanging out with you just uh learning more about your game 12 minutes and really just other aspects of the game industry in general it's uh again it's really informative for us to uh, learn all these uh different things and i know the the guys in the chat appreciate it as well um louise thank you for taking the time to come on the show and hang out with us we'd certainly love to have you on again at some point um where can everybody listening in follow you on you know social media and learn more about your game um so first thanks for having me this was super fun i love talking
1: about game development and and your question guys were, were cool um you can follow me um i mean there's my personal website but that's not really important uh <laughs> There's 12minutesgame.com. Um, there's me on Twitter, at Fakieletrica, or at 12minutesgame. It's pretty easy to find if you just, yeah. You know. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm active on Twitter. It's probably the only place where I'm active. Um, yeah, Twitter, at Fakieletrica. I wasn't really. Yeah.
0: All right. You can follow me there. And thanks again, guys. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, definitely. uh, Again, really, uh, there were some really uh, fun questions here, and again, it just it's really uh, cool to learn all this stuff about your game and the industry. Um, Moving over to uh, the TXR panel outros, Uh, Tim Dog had to leave early. He uh, had a fight to go watch, (laughs) but uh, yeah, but uh, moving on down the list here. MLD buddy uh, awesome stuff tonight my friend where can everybody find you.
4: Oh, thank you thank you. Uh, just want to say Luis, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was great to just uh, pick your brain, see your inspiration, uh, the whole process behind uh, you know make, making a passion project and even like a little bit of the marketing side of it how how, how the, what the process is of working with a publisher like uh, Xbox and so it was very very informative very it was, it was a nice experience uh, I'm sure for all of us. So yeah, that that said, uh everyone, you guys can find me on Twitter at MLD Ghost and my YouTube channel at general mld. Great show. Great show.
0: Thank you guys. All right, yeah, thanks for joining, uh Luis. It was great having you. All right, moving down here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, uh some great pointers, some uh some great talking points. Uh where can everybody follow you at, my friend?
3: Yeah, as always you can follow me at Shock Nero on Twitter, easy Shock on Xbox Live. Hopefully I have my all my setup at the new place by next Sunday. Um won't have any audio issues next time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for our guest tonight. Hopefully um, hopefully I get through the game through this week. Um definitely wanted to experience some of the twists and some of the things people were talking about. I've got I think good third way in so but it's definitely a blast so far so definitely enjoying it
0: hmm yeah I know I, I gotta get through so much of it as well I've been really taking my time with this title And I, I'm glad I am too Because I'm just even though like there's I, I'll admit I, I do make uh, a lot of little mistakes here and there Even uh, when I know what certain things are gonna happen But it, it's really enjoyable Really enjoyable even when you do make some mistakes And they're quick too because again you can revert in 12 minutes <laughs> Um, Moving on here Centurion buddy Good show tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Oh,
5: man. Totally great show, man. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for uh, all those who tuned in. I know the hour is late. For those who are interested in finding me and my content, you can find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can also find me every Sunday night right here on the TXR Podcast. And finally, I can also add the return of PTK Blam has occurred. We officially did our first show back last night on Saturday nights, and we will do it every Saturday night once again, 6 p.m. Arizona time, as we like to say, right here.
0: Alright, good stuff. And uh, to round off the group, this is Invader, and you guys can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. As well, I'm active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Guys, if you haven't done so already, remember to drop a like, share this out across social media, whatever platform uh, that you'd like, and hey, sub to the channel for more uh again game talk interviews and so on we definitely got a lot going on in the show and it's it's always great to see you here um but again wonderful show tonight guys and we look forward to seeing you here next week uh gamescom just happened and we got a lot of news to cover but that's gonna have to wait for the uh, next show until next time guys have a good one see ya